Lord, we just pray your blessing over this message. We pray, Lord, that you will open the word unto us, that you would prepare the hearts, Lord, that the ground would be prepared and fruitful. Lord, that the seed of your word will fall into our hearts and bring forth much harvest, a great harvest. We ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So if I have to get, give this uh, message a title, it would be, Lord, teach us pray. And when you pray, say, our Father. Pray, therefore, like this, our Father. Now, <clears throat> like so, you've heard so many words, and this is the theme of our church this year, what the Lord has given to Pastor John. Lord, teach us pray. So I need to implore you today. I want to encourage you and invite you and, and, and just uh, ask you, make up your mind to pray this year. Make up your mind to pray. For we all talk about revival and we know that revival will come. But let me assure you, revival will not fall out of heaven onto our heads. We need to pray. We need to be obedient to God. We need to fulfill our roles in the spirit world. And this is what we need to do. We need to pray. Pray is the key to revival. Prayer changes us so that we may be spearheading this prophesied revival. Let me read a few words to you here about prayer. Though prayer in its beginnings is so simple that a child could pray, it is at the same time the highest and holiest work to which we can rise. Prayer is the fellowship with the Most Holy One. The powers of the unseen world have been placed at prayer's disposal. It is the channel of all blessings. It's the secret of power. And not like only for ourselves, but for others, for the church and the world. And it is to pray that God has given the right to take hold of him and his strength. Just imagine that. It is on prayer that the promises wait to their, for their fulfillment. It is on prayer that the glory of God waits for its full revelation. So let us make up our minds to pray. If you haven't started praying yet, make up your mind today. From as from today, I will pray. I will pray as never before. Lord, teach me to pray. Now in Genesis 21, we read a hugely troubling story about Abraham kicking out his bondwoman, Hagar, and Ishmael, his firstborn son, who must have been about 17 at that time. And they were driven out of the house into the wilderness. Can you imagine that? Being driven out by your own father. But the word says it seemed very grievously to Abraham. But it was at the insistence of Sarah. Now, I don't like Sarah at all. But, but anyway, God's purposes were, were fulfilled through her actions. And the Lord promised Abraham, don't worry, Abraham, I will look after them. And I will also make him a prince of nations. And that's what happened. And here they sit in the wilderness, find themselves alone, deserted, rejected. Just imagine, by his own father. And then it says that they cried out. And the Lord heard their cries, and he saved them. And he opened her eyes, and she saw water, and they were saved. They were rescued, and they could carry on. 
What happened here? They were in the wilderness. But Psalm 18 verse 16 says, He, the Father, reached from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. What do I want to say to you today? And this is why I say now I can cut on the first half of the, of the sermon today because this is all about being stuck in the wilderness. And now you've heard the prophesied words, etc. And we've raised a hallelujah. So now we've established it. No longer, Lord, will we be stuck in the wilderness. For so many people are getting stuck in their wilderness of whatever kind it might be. And they spend their whole life in the wilderness. Their whole prayer life is centered just about survival. Lord, give me water. Lord, give me food. Lord, give me a car. Lord, provide a house. Yes, and of course, we need to pray about all of these things. But do you know what? The Lord is trying to teach us by that invitation. Therefore, like you, when you pray, say, our Father. He is inviting you to a whole new concept of praying, a whole new concept of intimacy with a Father which was unknown up till then. He was the far away God. You could not reach Him, and they were afraid of Him. He was up on the mountain, and when He came, the, the mountain rumbled, and there, there was a lot of trouble, and they were afraid. They ran away, and only Moses could make it up there. But now Jesus came, and He introduced a whole new time, a whole new season, a dispensation, and He says, when you pray, say, Our Father. What is He saying? He says, I'm making my father your father now. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? My father is now your father as well. I, 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 want to, I, I invite you tonight before you go to bed, just ponder on these things because you can spend a lifetime really understanding what this means. He is my own father. So don't get stuck in the wilderness. No, no. <clears throat> And Jesus wants us to get out of our wilderness, out of this position of weakness in the spirit so that we can become prayer warriors. I want to tell you a little story. And I was uh, at school and, and that was many, 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 many years ago. Another dispensation. Now... Now, how it used to work, we were living on a farm and just outside of Kalinen, and I was going to school in Bronkospreit, so that would mean that I would ride with my bike to Kalinen, lock it up there with an old lady, and then I'd catch the bus, and then an hour later I'm at Bronkospreit at the school, and then this afternoon the whole thing would be uh, uh, reversed, which means that it was quite a long, tedious day, every day. But anyway, we were blessed by that. And uh, what also happened is that many times my dear mom, she was very often sick, and uh, it meant that I was alone for long times at, at, at my own there, and I, I, it was actually quite good. I actually learned how to bake an egg. I learned that you could use the same pan for a whole week. Uh, the, the oil just gets more mature. <laughs> and, and two eggs in the morning with a slice of bread. Tonight, three eggs and two slices of bread. 
and Saturday a piece of sausage with it. And it worked marvelously, and eventually the pan just gets shallower and shallower. I couldn't understand why. But anyway, it worked well, and uh, you know, then what would happen in the afternoon when I arrive at home, uh, I, I had a, 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 a training bar set up next to the house for pull-ups and stuff like that. And uh, beneath it, I dug a, a pit, a sawdust pit. It was filled nicely with sawdust. And it was underneath a huge tree next to the house, uh, like a cool. And, uh, but then we had pigs on our farm. Landras pigs. I don't know if you know about a Landras pig. It sounds so much better in Afrikaans, a Landras fark. You know? <laughs> Because they were real pigs. I mean, they were massive, like so. And you can't believe how long they are. I mean, bacon supply for a year in one pig. Now, what would happen during the day if there's no one looking after them? They were quite bright. They would open the gate of the pen and they would uh, demolish half of the garden. And then they would find my sawdust pit. And they would lie there like sardines in that pit. Now, I needed to get them back into their pen. And if you shout and talk to them, they would just lift, open one eye like so and give a grunt and just carry on sleeping. It didn't, uh, it didn't impress them at all. But, you know, with a pig, there is one wonderful thing. And what, what really gets their attention, and that is food. So the bucket which I used to use to carry their food in was a steel bucket with a handlebar. So what I would do, I would take this bucket and take extra care to keep the handlebar away from the bucket. And I would s slowly walk down the trial going down to the pen, like about halfway, 50 meters or so. And then, at the right moment, I would drop that handlebar on the bucket. And that sound, that sound is like the red button that gets pushed in the White House. Those, those pigs would rise out of that sandpit like one. With new motivation and determination, because that sound spells food. And then I would run with a bucket, and they would follow me like ballistic missiles. But they are now behind me, and I run my bucket. And I run into the pen, right through the pen, drop the bucket in the pen, jumping over the back wall. And while they search frantically for their no food. <laughs> I would run around and I secure the pen and there they stand. And I, I still today remember their disgruntled faces. <laughs> then the roles were reversed. And me and my dog, my reachback, he was jumping up and down, enjoying every moment. And the pigs were just glaring at me. Cheated again. I was such a cheat, you know. <laughs> It was a huge promise, but an empty bucket. But let me tell you today, when Jesus introduces us to our Father, it's not an empty promise. It's the greatest promise of all times. Because His bucket overflows into eternity. His bucket is full of blessings and joy and peace. 
And all that you may ever need to live is in his bucket, is in his presence. And this is what Jesus invites us to. He says, people, you need to start praying different. You need to, to, to learn to get to know my father. For he knew his father. And he knew the significance and the magnificence of his father. And he wanted to introduce you and I to his father. He wanted to teach us people. You need to get into a, this new meaningful revelation of God. That the, you can pray in a new way. A new way of life. Uh, this is where it all really starts. And I believe this is what Jesus said when he, when he said, pray therefore like this, our Father. That is the beginning of significant, meaningful prayer. For this means that I'm entering into a relationship with my Father. I'm, I'm stepping up. Greg the other day preached to you, you need to step up to the plate. Let me tell you, people of Choose Life, if we want to be partakers of the revival, we will need to step up to the plate. We will need to learn how to pray effectively. We will need to learn how to pray because we love Him. We truly, truly love Him and we seek Him and only Him. For if you are getting stuck in your wilderness, your whole prayer life only revolves around your needs. I, I, I know the Lord wants you to, to be elevated out of this into a new dimension of life where He is the center of my life, where I find my joy in His presence, where I find my peace in His presence, where I become a God chaser, where I'm ignited by the Spirit of God, where I'm looking for an excuse to pray more, when, 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 I, when I'm searching for more time to read more in His Word and to spend more time with Him, I'm becoming a God chaser. That is what Jesus invites us to, for we need to pray about all our stuff. But listen, our needs need to, 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 to live on the fringes of our existence. Yeah. And now, if you get stuck in the wilderness, this is all that it is. And this is where your focus is. No, no. Paul writes in, in Ephesians 1 verse 17. You can put that on the screen, please. 1 verse 17 and 18. He says, For when I think of you, I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which He has called you, and how rich is His glorious inheritance in the saints. You see, what Paul does here is he is praying for a miracle to happen in your life. When Paul prays for his people, for his church, he prays and says, Lord, I pray that you will light up uh, uh, this, with the Spirit, with the fire of the Spirit, these people to truly, to become to love you, to truly try to understand you, to find their joy in you, to, to live a new life. For, you know, when you, when you get closer to God, this is where your life truly changes. For let me tell you, like our brother said, repentance is the beginning of revival. 
Revival will not fall down from heaven. We need to get our hearts right before God. And the Lord's been speaking to me oftentimes about this lately. You know, we need to get into the sanctuary, the most holy place of holy place, in the Father's presence, and kneel down there. And then I pray. I pray like Psalm 51. My Father... Creating me a clean heart. My Father, you desire a heart of truth. Wash me with hyssop and I will be clean. Creating me a new person, Lord. Make me a new person, Lord, so that I will truly regard my brother higher than myself. That I would truly be a servant serving in your house. For if I live there in my weakness, in my weakness, I will get up in the spirit, and from that point of weakness in my human nature, that's where the spirit of God will use me out of the ashes. He will pick me up, and he will pick you up, and there he will use you, for now you've got a clean heart, a new heart, a heart after your people. You will pray for your pastor like never before. You will pray for your sister like never before. You will just pray and pray and pray and ask, Lord God, will you ignite the fire of the spirit in my people's hearts? This is what we need to do to get to true uh, um, revelation of God. Yes, we pray for all the other stuff, but the revival wants to start here. And we don't want to be onlookers. We want to be partakers of this. Excuse me. We want to be partakers of this. When we were in Israel now, we were standing there on the steps of the temple, what a privilege it was. And it's so significant that the, the steps are unevenly built. They are not evenly high and they're not, the width differs and everything is different. The reason is that when you walk up the steps, you will ponder and take your time. You will not be able to run up those steps. For it was needed for every Jew to visit the temple at least once in his lifetime. And for some of them, it was a huge undertaking. They would travel maybe for weeks, and there from the distance, they would see the temple. And it was apparently the, the biggest building at its time. So remember, they came from their little villages seeing this, and they were all struck by it. And now, at last, they're standing at the, at the steps, approaching the, the entrance to the temple, and the steps were built like that to prevent them from just running carelessly into the glory of the temple. Now, you and I, we might be on the steps approaching God. And yes, we learn to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, change my heart so that I will draw closer and closer to you. Lord, so that I may enter into your kingdom, into your place of holiness. Remember in those times, the people could not enter. It was only the high priest and the priests that could enter. They were not admitted to, to enter there. But today, the veil has been torn. The kingdom, the, the, the holy of holies is open. The presence of the Father is open to you and I. And we 
can enter into that closeness, that intimacy with God, and your life will be changed. Your whole prayer life would be changed. You will understand what it means to become acquainted with the Father. You will begin to understand that Paul says in Philippians 3, all I want to know is to know Him and to know Him more and more and more effectually all the time. You will become so different. You will become a different person. And in this time of our election coming up, you will be the one speaking the victory of God. You will be the ones declaring the works of God. You will be the one out of that holy of holies where God has changed your heart. You will get up and you will have a word to speak. You will have hope to share. You will have a word of hope to people and you will have grace and mercy for other people. If you enter the Holy of Holies, you will find the ark with the seraphims on top of it and their wings touching or close to each other and they were looking facing down onto the mercy seat. The Lord has showed me when we enter into His Holy of Holies, into His presence, even though we always not see eye to eye, we can take hands looking at each other through the mercy seat of God. If I go into His presence, He changes my heart, and I've got mercy for you, and I've got love for you, and I've got compassion for you, and I can walk with you. I could carry you. I would help you. I would pray for you sincerely. I would love you dearly, and out of that place, revival will start. Out of that place, revival will start. For there, God will change us. There, this church will be changed if we truly decide to pray and to pray like this. Our Father, my Father, my Father, I want to live close to you. If you walk, if you learn to pray like this, and you go into His presence oftentimes, you will find and as you walk your walk during the day, you are just half a step away from His presence. Just half a step, and you're with Him all the time. People of Choose Life, this is who God needs. This is who God needs. For we are standing against the walls of Jericho at this time, when this election is coming up. And all the doom prophets say it's over and you will not be able to fix it. And every night when you watch the news, <laughs> you just get more and more despondent and you, you can't figure out how we, they will ever work it out. Let me tell you, what's the message of the Word of God? In the midst of my enemy, I will shout louder. I will raise a hallelujah. I will shout the victory. But let me tell you, that shout has to carry the power of the Spirit in you. If it's just an empty shout, it will avail nothing in the Spirit world. So you need to be there out of the presence of God. And while you're there, you shout a word of Spirit and truth and life. And nothing can stand against the Word of God. For nothing is impossible for God. And no word from Him is impossible our fulfillment. Amen. So, when you pray, say, Our Father, thank you that you are my Father also. Father, help me, and I will today put the wilderness 
aside. Thank you, Lord, that today you help me to step out of the wilderness, whatever it might be. But today I establish it. Lord, and today, from as from today, I will seek you with all my heart. I will become a God chaser. I will become hungry for you, God. I will dwell where only the hungry venture and the sanctified stays. I will be, be, be living a new life as from today. I will be a partaker of this revival, for it will happen. You decide today whether you are an onlooker or a partaker. And I will be a partaker. And this church will be a partaker. In we, will, we will actually be spearheading this. Listen to what I'm saying. For the Spirit of God is doing a mighty work in our hearts. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you invite us into a new dimension of living with you. We thank you that you are our own Father. Lord, and I pray that you will bless and keep everyone. I pray, Lord, that you will make your face to shine upon everyone and that you be gracious to everyone. I pray, Lord, that you lift up your countenance upon everyone and give them peace. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen.